So is, the, is, the, is this a new trade war? I know Australia's not retaliating, but is, is it really? Is it a new trade war? And maybe, you know, Australia will get dragged down more into this in the way the U.S. has. Yeah, it's quite possible. Um, I'd like to be optimistic on these things that, uh, you know, we can resolve them with some clear heads. Um, I think the key is to, is to try to stay above it in terms of, uh, of, of politics very difficult, mind you, uh, in a very, very difficult environment, very volatile environment we're in with the COVID uh, situation. But I think Australia's trying to stay above it, and I think that's really important is not to, to try to escalate it in any way, um, understand the dynamics of what China is saying, and try to deal with the specifics around Bali and, and meat in relation to why they're imposing tariffs, and try to work through them methodically. I think that's, you know, it's, it may be too optimistic uh, a view, but... Um, I don't see Australia getting any benefit from trying to, you know, throw too many punches. Toby, thanks very much. Have a great weekend. That's Toby Lawson, Head of Global Markets at City General Australia. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. And let's take a final look at the markets for this week. First of all, in Australia, the ASX 200 is flat right now. Uh, the Nikkei 225 in Japan up just a little bit, around 0.1%. The Cosby moving in the other direction, down about 0.2%. And of course, all eyes on the Hang Seng at the open. Looks like at the moment... It's going to open about 1.5% lower, which will take the index to about 23,900. That's about a 350-point decline from yesterday. A lot of focus on the Hong Kong dollar as well. It's trading right now at 7.7544. So that's about a six-week low following the news of national security legislation here in Hong Kong. Elsewhere in the currency markets, the US dollar's at 107.6 against the Japanese yen. Brent crude oil trading at $36.20 a barrel. And uh, gold right now, $1,729 an ounce. That's it from me this week. Have a great weekend. Do stay tuned to Radio 3. Back chats coming up with Hugh Chiverton and Danny Gittings. The weather forecast, cloudy with showers and squally thunderstorms. Those showers will be heavy at times. There is a thunderstorm warning in force right now. The temperatures are going to linger around 28 degrees during the day. And the outlook is for heavy showers at first tomorrow. Those showers will ease off later. And there's sunny intervals and a few showers on Sunday and Monday. It's 28 degrees right now, 93% relative humidity. 8.32, here's Samantha Butler with the Half Hour News. The Trump administration has announced it's withdrawing from a major arms control agreement, accusing Russia of non-compliance. The Open Skies Treaty allows countries to send observer flights over each other's territory to check for preparations for military action. The State Department said it would give six months' notice tonight. Speaking to reporters as he left the White House, Mr Trump said he hoped a new deal could be reached. Our relationship with Russia has come a long way in the last few months. I think that the open sky will all work out. But right now, when you have an agreement and the other side doesn't adhere to the agreement, we're not going to adhere to it either. But I think something very positive will work out. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has announced that all foreign health workers, not just doctors and nurses, will be exempt from a surcharge that helps to pay for the UK's public health system. His change of heart was announced the day after he insisted in Parliament that the 500 US dollar fee was justified. It follows pressure from MPs and a nursing union. The British Health Secretary Mac Hancock said foreign workers already supported the health service through their work. The purpose is to ensure that everybody contributes to the uh, NHS, uh, but also those who work within the NHS and within the social care are themselves making that contribution directly. So the, so the Prime Minister has, uh, has made that decision and he's asked us to make it happen. 
The Nigerian authorities say trials are due to begin to see whether an anti-malarial drug is effective against the coronavirus. The Commission of Health in Lagos State said healthcare workers as well as people in close contact with someone with the virus would be either given chloroquine or a placebo. Here's the BBC's Celestina Ololodi. The government hopes to start seeing results in one or two months. While the trials are taking place in a controlled clinical environment, the World Health Organization has warned that some individuals are self-medicating and risk causing themselves serious harm. Chloroquine has not yet been shown to be effective or safe in the prevention or treatment of coronavirus. You're listening to the news on RTHK. And welcome to Bag Chat. I'm Hugh Chivert and your co-host today, Danny Gittings. Danny, good morning to you. Good morning. We're talking today about Article 23. In effect, Beijing is moving ahead with introducing national security legislation in Hong Kong. A spokesman of the MPC said yesterday the uh, proposal would strengthen enforcement mechanisms in the SAR. And the Standing Committee will put forward proposals relating to the setting up of comprehensive legal and enforcement mechanisms in order to uphold national security at the unco- upcoming MPC plenary session. Donald Trump says the United States would react strongly if Beijing follows through on these plans. But what do you think? Is it the end of one country, two systems? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Bankchat and RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, bankchat at rthk.hk, or you can give us a call, and our number is 233-88266. That's 233-88266, and we'd like to hear from you. Joining us for the first part of the programme, uh, we have uh, Alan Long, who's the uh, governor of the uh, organisation Path of Democracy, Sinjun Kai is a former legislator, chair of the Kwai Ching District Board and uh, an academic will be joining us um, after the news at uh, nine. A couple of uh, comments uh, in emails uh, on this topic. Tom, first of all, says the news that the NPC will override LegCo and may simply mandate security laws for Hong Kong is unfortunate for everyone. Looking back, we could have agreed to simply extradite a few money launderers and criminals last year, but now after trying really, really hard to get Beijing's attention with trashing LegCo live on CNN, months of very public flag burning and smashing of China government and company buildings, beating countless people senseless, widely shown on social media in China, and last but not least, blanketing the world with Xi and Tedros memes during a pandemic, Hong Kong teenagers seem to have finally got China's attention. I wish they had more adult supervision, but I don't recall pandem politicians ever stepped in once to tell them no. And Matthew says uh, there could be no more decisive proof that Hong Kong people were correct not to have trusted the CCP or One Country, Two Systems than the news that the CCP will directly implement the national security law bypassing both the Hong Kong legislative system and the will of the Hong Kong people. I guess this also means our beloved backchat will probably have no actual backchat in the future, as any view counter to that of the government or CCP will not only hurt people's feelings, but also be seditious. Thankfully, we've been slowly getting prepared for this since last July, when all the new pro-Beijing and pro-police voices suddenly emerged to swamp the backchat listener feedback, much like what happened to the South China Morning Post comments section. I wonder if the new listeners will be bored or have any regrets when the, all the backchat has been purged from the city. That comes uh, from Matthew. We're joined, as uh, Hugh said, by Alan Lung, Governor of Path for Democracy, and Sin Chung Kai, Chair of uh, Kwai Chung District Board and former legislator. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Alan Lung, let's go to you first. Alan uh, Lung, good what, what, Yeah, what do you want me to talk about? 
<laughs> of course, yes. I mean, did, uh, did you see this coming? Uh, I, I actually wrote a, an article in Singhao. It's a very short one, not not long ago. The position I... I, I Mr. Long, I, could you could you move a little closer to the phone? Is that so we can hear you the, nice and clearly? Yeah. The, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, promotion I... The, the idea I was promoting was there is actually enough legislation in Hong Kong, uh, colonial, colonial regis uh, legislation, that is enough to catch them. And that advocation, which is basically a part of democracy decision, uh, didn't stick. And uh, Beijing is getting very impatient with it. And, and now they're going through with the uh, some sort of procedure uh, promulgated by the National People's Congress to start the process. We still don't know what the process is, is about. Of course. Uh, I, 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 yeah. I, ideally, it should be a, some sort of consultation. And, and if uh, Article 23 is just about uh, protecting national security, the splitist sort of atmosphere in Hong Kong, that's okay. If Article 23 is about uh, suppressing human rights, uh, suppressing uh, freedom of information, uh, freedom of thoughts, and all that sort of thing, that is not all right. That is that was spelled at the end of, end of Hong Kong. Let's see what exactly involved. Sorry, are you saying that if the, the content of this legislation is just about national security and about splitist activities and so on like that, um, then it's okay? Even the, the standing committee just makes it and um, applies it through Annex 3 and it's promulgated by the chief executive and it never goes anywhere near the legislative council and we forget about what Article 23 says about Hong Kong enacting these laws on its own? Well, that is not that is not okay. You know, this is not. But from 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 a Beijing of us perspective, I think they are getting very impatient that it didn't happen. We lost the opportunity 17 years ago. We we had not we not part of democracy. Hong Kong Democratic Foundation had Regina Yip uh, as a luncheon speaker. When, when, and we asked her to step back to uh, to the consultation stage. It came up with a blue 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 paper, which is a, a law already. She was a bit impatient, and then she lost it by one vote. Uh, James Lin's vote. You know that's history already. It's history indeed. Now, what's going to happen to the pro-establishment camp in uh, in Hong Kong? Are, are they going to are they going to support this? I, I, and surely they're going to go down to uh, crushing defeat in the Leisure Council elections in September if those go ahead. Well, that really depends depends on uh, how how the uh, how they how they handle election politics and how the pandemicers handle their their side of, of election politics. Okay, I, I, I think I, I believe that the, the uh, as one of this uh, mail in or email uh, huge read was uh, some said you shouldn't trust uh, 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 CCP. But I think the first speaker said, uh, the first email said, the pandemicrat never came out to stop the kids from testing Beijing's limit. They never did. They never took the mid middle ground. And if you keep testing Beijing li limit, this is what you get. Is this the end of one country, two systems? No. 
I think uh, we're looking at that story, that one country, two system story, as well as to this, this issue of 2047 very closely. My personal reading of this is everything stops if Beijing is still very concerned with Article 23. It's, it's a cultural thing. We are underestimated there, not just impatient. Concern is an understatement. The word is really uh, uh, fear of what's happening in Hong Kong. We are un- totally underestimated there. Yeah, given that, what's the hope for one country, two systems? Because, uh, as you know, the national security legislation, as it's applied in the mainland, uh, is so broad that, you know, many of the freedoms we enjoy in, in Hong Kong, everyone knows this, it's quite, it's quite plain, are, are, are not there in, in, uh, in the mainland, you know, partly because of yeah, national security yeah. concerns. If those same principles of national security are applied here, then we won't have a back chat programme, for example. <laughs> Well, it's not funny. I mean, it's true, isn't it? I think I think you have a backchat program. That's not what I read in the in the paper. That's mm-hmm. how I read it was uh, they'll apply a law, they attach something uh, that is tailor made for Hong Kong to uh, to annex uh, uh, three. That's what I read it. But how they're going to do it is still not known. Uh, there's an other article which says Wang Zhenman, uh, you know, former, mm. well, now, now, uh, 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 Tsinghua University law professor, former head of law of, uh, of the Changi Tong office, has been lent to Hong Kong Macau office to look at that. It doesn't seem to me, and I hope this is true, that it doesn't seem to me they're going to attach it now. Well, they can't now. I mean, they've got they've got to write it first. There's no indication yeah. that any work has actually been done so far on on writing this law. And even with with mainland law, laws applied in China can take a long time between when they start drafting and when they're actually um, when they're actually promulgated. So, I mean, it's, it, w- it would be impossible until you've written the law. You can't apply it. Yes, that's that's my impression too. Yeah. I, I, I'm not. I, I don't think they're saying attach the the mainland law to Annex Three of a basic law applying mainland law to Hong Kong. From what I read so far, is they're going to attach a special something uh, that is tailor made for Hong Kong. That tailor made is a process. It's how well uh, NPC and basically the Chinese Communist Party handle this process. But if they apply, but if their understanding of subversion, for example, is the same as it is on the mainland, then you know we don't. You can't have the kind of free discussion that you have in a program like this or in the press and and, and so on. I think the I think the uh, the role for the for the pandemicers in in uh, because uh, we're the middle ground. We really don't have a voice, honestly. Uh, we we're squeezed in the middle, and we think the blue people thinks we're yellow. The yellow people thinks we're blue. So we're nothing. We don't have much influence except through Ronnie Tong directly to uh, through the executive council. But if the law. Uh, as I said before, the law suppresses human rights and uh, freedom of speech, freedom of freedom of thinking, all that sort of thing. There will be the end of Hong Kong's Asian financial status. That is uh, uh, Asian financial status, and that is bad for China too. The only two things that is saving Hong Kong is Hong Kong as Asian financial center and the rule of law. And my impression and my understanding. Uh, 
CCP is not ready to attack those things, two, two things yet. All right, a couple of comments from listeners. Drake says, Hugh, Danny, time to leave Hong Kong with your family. The headliner had already the headliner had already been purged. Don't underestimate how they see you as foreign intervention. And uh, Alan says, uh, the government has given up trying to govern. Instead of doing their job to bring the community together, of reducing tension, of explaining how Kong people think, how Hong Kong people think to Beijing, they pander to Beijing's paranoia and acting more and more like an occupying foreign power. What next? Collective punishment? Give them a few months. The new security legislation is pouring petrol on the fire. I wonder if our government even tried to explain that to Beijing. Maybe they've all just given up and are quietly moving their families and funds overseas and making sure their visas and passports are up to date. That's well, I don't know about leaving Hong Kong, Hugh, but there will be an interesting issue about how foreigners living in Hong Kong are treated under any law and foreign intervention. If it's written in um, Hong Kong, and did we ask Siu Long about this in the past, he was quite clear that um, uh, Hong Kong permanent residents or whatever their nationality would not be counted as foreign intervention, but um, it's very easy to imagine a law being written in Beijing might take a different view of the definition of foreigners. Okay. Uh, Sun Jun Kai, good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for, for joining us. Yes. Uh, is this the end of one country, two systems? Well, definitely. I think uh, it is the beginning of to the end of uh, one country, two system. I think the British government already said that uh, uh, the one country, two system is already only one point half, one and a half uh, country, uh, one, one country, one and a half uh, system. With this enactment of the legislation, I think it is towards the one point one. Uh, if not one uh, country, one system, it will be only 1.1. Uh, the enactment of these uh, so-called uh, uh, security laws to Hong Kong is to bypass the Article 23. As you know, the Article 23 uh, requires the enactment of local legislations that is uh, going through the, uh, uh, the Legislative Council in Hong Kong. And I think the government, uh, Beijing, understood that, understand that uh, it would be very difficult and tough to finish the uh, Article 23 enactment uh, uh, locally uh, within a year or two. So uh, they want to speed up uh, these, uh, you know, uh, legislations uh, with uh, uh, Beijing with the, uh, by, by, by adopting, uh, 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 you know, introducing legislation through uh, Article, uh, through the uh, um, Appendix 3 of uh, the uh, uh, Basic Law. Uh, that only requires the standing committees of the People's Congress. So uh, they have meetings, uh, you know, every month, I, I believe. Two and, months, uh, two months. Uh, and I think they could speed up as quickly as, you know, uh, 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 within half a year. That means uh, today is uh, May, uh, with the resolution being passed uh, next Thursday. Uh, it could be uh, completed, uh, the, the overall legislation uh, through the standing committee of the of People's Congress uh, by, uh, by, eight, by as soon as, uh, you know, August, or if not August, uh, within this year. So, uh, uh, and, and, and in, in particular, I think uh, that includes uh, details, uh, penalties, and also uh, that, that, that designate an uh, enforcement agency in Hong Kong. And, uh, and I think uh, at the moment, I think, you know, uh, news sets uh, from, 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 from mainland news, I believe, uh, that uh, would not uh, involve uh, of, uh, you know, uh, cross-borders uh, enforcement. That means uh, Beijing will designate an uh, enforcement agency, for example, Hong Kong police, uh, to, you know, to enforce the legislation uh, through the Appendix 3 uh, 
by standing committee of People's Congress. With that, I think that will be uh, uh, with the purpose to deter the uprising of the uh, of the. Uh, uh, of the uh, social actions or social movement in the last half years. So, I don't understand. What would that agent do? What would the what would the police do? How would they enact a law? I don't know. Uh, that's uh, that's that's not much details. Yes, but as you have, as through the police, uh, the press release, you know, the legislation include the details and uh, and the penalties, and also, you know, any legislation requires a enforcement agency to enforce the legislations. So Beijing will not at the moment. Uh, uh, Beijing, Beijing is said to not to, not to uh, you know uh, uh, enforce cross-border enf- uh, enforcement. That means they will not send people from Beijing to Hong Kong to enforce the, uh, that uh, legislation. They will only designate some 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 uh, uh, Hong Kong departments, uh, uh, government departments, to enforce that. It is likely that the government, the police, will be designated as the enforcement agencies. So uh, there will be a new legislation uh, by passing the Hong Kong uh, Legislative Council. Uh, that means uh, the, the law will apply to Hong Kong, and that will scare many of the people in Hong Kong, in particular uh, the social activists. And people uh, will have a high risk, uh, you know, if they join politics. And that will deter the, the, the freedom and the freedom of Hong Kong. So it will achieve um, Beijing's purpose. It will stop these protests. So, um, Hong Kong government's been unable to stop them over the past year. And you're saying that this will scare people. And we, we didn't see people taking to the streets last night, did we? I don't know if it is involved. If, you know, the, 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 if it, I think Beijing does not trust the, 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 the courts in Hong Kong. Whether you know they will uh, require people to be portrayed to be sent to be to be judged in a mainland court, I don't know. Uh, if that happens, then it is a it is already one one country one, one system then. But uh, that is the worst scenarios. But if it is uh, being used, uh, being uh, you know uh, uh, being trialed in Hong Kong, that is still better than being trialed in mainland. But uh, that requires a the the disclosures of the details uh, within the next couple of uh, weeks or months. Now, how about the point that um, our other guest, Alan Lung, was making, and one of our listeners was making earlier, saying that uh, you really in the Democratic camp are to blame because you failed to um, uh, try and even rein in the more extremist protests last year. And it, let's, let's be frank, if, if you didn't have those protests last year, you wouldn't have had uh, Beijing doing this now, would you? It's a I direct think, uh, consequence protests, of the violent uh, uh, protests. Will definitely, stir up the uh, Beijing thought uh, to use the security law, but uh, I think everything has to uh, has to trace back the original uh, causes. The action is the the results rather than the cause. The actions, uh, the, the street actions last year, is the uh, 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 is due to the uh, you know the uh, repatriation laws in Hong Kong. Uh, uh, being pushed by uh, Kerry Lam, and you know it is already 20 years after unifications, and one country two system is actually uh, fading out. Uh, you know Beijing is exerting all kinds of influences, and the last year's uh, you know uh, legislations uh, uh, of perpetrations, uh, you know that will that only stick, uh, triggers all these businesses accumulated in the last 23 years.
So I was I was saying this is only the spark in a you know uh, in a, uh, the spark of the uh, accumulated uh, grievances. Looking back though, now would it? Do you think looking back, it would it have been wise for you and other maybe moderate members in the pandemic camp have to try and make more effort to try and uh, disassociate yourself and uh, discourage the more violent protests last year? I would not say so. I would not. Uh, agree with uh, Ellen Leung, definitely. I think he shared a different Ellen from me. Leung. Ellen Leung. And uh, I, I, I would dispute his uh, opinions. And I believe, you know, uh, uh, I, uh, you know, in 2014, we tried different actions, including so-called occupying centrals. Uh, we tried different means. We tried to talk to the Beijings, but everything failed. And that is, seems to be the last resort of actions. Mr. Leung? I, I, I think we should look at the cause. I will step back uh, even a bit further from uh, the Matlick host days. And it turns out Lei Pang Guang, you know, this Lingnam professor, dig into the British archives and found that, that uh, Matlick host had a plan which he spent 10 months to, to write before he came to Hong Kong. He even spoke to Lee Kuan Yew and, he, and when he stepped into Hong Kong, uh, Matlick host introduced the uh, ICAC very quickly. Uh, in the second year, I think. So, and this, the result of this comprehensive plan was Hong Kong economic and social rise in the early 70s to uh, early 80s. And I think since then, there has been no comprehensive plan other than a, a bit of Tong, Tong, Tong Chihuahua's uh, 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 innovation and technology thing, but which didn't went very far. Hong Kong is not known Hong Kong people in general, including Hong Kong ASEAN government, is not known for planning ahead and having a vision and a strategy. Everything that, that's, that's happening today is reaction to something. So there's no strategy. The Democrat doesn't have a strategy. The government doesn't have a strategy. strategy. Beijing keep asking Hong Kong for, a legis- for, for, uh, for economic development as well as, uh, as the, as the, uh, as the uh, national security legislation, but Hong Kong couldn't come up with a plan to, to bring a strategic goal into action. And then uh, economic development has been sort of favoring the, uh, the big developer at the expense of the youth. And that's really the cause of, the, of what's happening. And looking ahead, I'd like to bring another person in. This is Christine Lowe, who wrote the book called Third, No Third Person. Um, it's actually a booklet, a very small book which says now, after 1997, Hong Kong people should write a Hong Kong story with Beijing, and no third person should, should be involved. No third person meaning no, no, third, no, third, third, uh, no foreign influences. And that's what Christina wrote together with Richard Cullen, the uh, Hong Kong youth professor. But Christina didn't tell us what that new Hong Kong story is. I think if the pandemicists were to lead, they should come up with a vision for a prosperous, uh, fair, and, and uh, human rights, all those protections, democratic Hong Kong, that could be accepted by Beijing. The way they promote sort of not condemning the violence and so on and uh, disrupting the, uh, the legislative council uh, session and so on, may not be the wise way to go. 
Okay, here's an email from Martin, and maybe Sinjin and Kai, I know you've got to go in a moment, but perhaps you could respond. Martin says, we can thank the pandems and the rioters for getting national security laws in Hong Kong. Through their confrontational stance with Beijing, lobbying and collaborating with overseas governments, they even robbed Hong Kong of the opportunity to implement its own version of Article 23, which was blocked by the pandems for 23 years. By siding with the rioters, not condemning violence, they forced Beijing to finally act. However, national security will not destroy Hong Kong or one country, two systems, as claimed by the pan-Democrats. Rather, it will gradually stop the violent protests and domestic acts of terrorism, prevent its escalation and let society have a rest while allowing business to return to normal operations. Once calm has been restored, the Hong Kong government to begin uh, to work together with all stakeholders to address Hong Kong's underlying social problems so Hong Kong can rebuild and society can heal. Uh, Jun Kai, do you agree? Well, I think uh, every people share different views. Uh, uh, I think uh, the Democrats, over the last 20 years, they have various uh, constructive proposals, collective proposals to the prosperity of uh, Hong Kong. Uh, we think, uh, you know, uh, uh, one country, two systems uh, was the uh, uh, genuine uh, uh, recipe to the prosperity of Hong Kong. But who actually is, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, not respecting one country, two system. I think it's Beijing. Beijing is exerting excessive influences to Hong Kong, eroding the success of Hong Kong, you know, uh, damaging the rule of law in Hong Kong, etc. I think this has been uh, experienced by most of the people in Hong Kong. Okay. I think people have voiced out in the last uh, two decades, repeatedly. Okay. okay, we've got a break now for the news and say goodbye to uh, Sinjun Kai. Thank you very much indeed for joining us, Chair of uh, Kuiting District Board, a former legislator. Uh, the weather before the news at nine, cloudy with showers and squally thunderstorms. The showers heavy at times. There's a thunderstorm warning at the moment. 29 degrees now, humidity at 92%. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. This is Backchat on a Friday morning uh, with Danny Gettings and me, Hugh Jordan. We're talking about that uh, proposal to introduce national security legislation via Annex 3 to uh, Hong Kong. Uh, we have with us uh, Alan Lung, who's the governor of the organisation Path of Democracy. We're also joined now by Dixon Singh, Associate Professor at the University of Science and Technology from the Division of Social Science. Uh, if you want to comment, give us a call. 233-88266 is the number. We'll put you on air. You can go onto our Facebook page as well. That's Backchat on RTH. HK Radio 3. Uh, or you can uh, email us, uh, though uh, emails may be edited uh, for length and for relevance as well. If you're talking about a different topic, uh, we may not air you straight away. Uh, okay, on Article 23, Ricard S. says... <clears throat> Hats off to the Hong Kong police who have proved their capabilities and loyalty and made it possible to tee up this new law. Beijing knows they can be counted on when the protest cycle swings up once again with Article 23. Trying to make out that the recent arrests of the 15 pandem old guard so far after the fact gives the lie to the idea that the police are not now politically motivated. Well done to the Hong Kong police. Your role in Hong Kong's development will go down in history. Uh, a few messages from Drake, who says, Danny, this is addressed to my co-host, Danny, you would not be a foreign intervention simply by living here, of course, but the articles that you've written, the way that you threw sharp questions at the commie simply to play the role of devil's advocate made you one that can be purged. That's uh, from uh, Drake, uh, who also says, I can't take the notion uh, it's the pandems not taking the middle ground and we, the true people, had tested the limits too much. Haven't they reinterpreted the basic law multiple times? Haven't they? 
they changed the laws by piling up on Annex 3. Have you forgotten the arrogance of Carrie Lamb, who fueled the violent protest? They've tested our limits more than George Orwell could imagine, and the clowns expect that Hong Kong people would not react? Question mark. That comes uh, from Drake. Andrew F. says, I marched against Article 23 in 2003, but at the height of the violence last year, there was a part of me that started to wonder if I ought to be marching for it. Violence, I remind the Matthews of this world that saw MTRs being petrol bombed, court buildings being vandalised and petrol bombed, police family quarters having acid bombs lobbed into them, trail trail tracks having debris placed on them uh, train tracks having uh, debris placed on them to try for derailment a cross-border train being trashed and another set on fire many minibuses taxis and private cars burnt out in chimsa choi and finally ieds starting to be planted with literally tons of explosive and bomb making equipment being found several times in recent months maybe that itself spells the end of hong kong as we knew it had you considered that matthew because it seems like a lot of international companies are definitely considering it as of lots of other people who are seriously considering whether they continue to call Hong Kong home if the utter lawlessness continues. Without an effective counter-terrorism framework, of which national security laws, which every developed country has, are a key part, what exactly are we supposed to do? That comes, uh, from, uh, say, from uh, Andrew F. One more word from Drake, who says, Macau, being the obedient kid, did not enjoy more freedom. They got the draconian law earlier than we did. I don't get the argument that we should thank the pandems for all this. The commies would force them through whatsoever. That comes uh, from Drake. And uh, our number is 233 We've got a caller on the line now, Ian. Ian, good morning. Uh, yes, good morning. Um, first of all, I, uh, I'm, my second part of this uh, conversation will be to highlight the immorality of allowing teenagers to take part in protests. But first of all, seeing I'm leaving Hong Kong today after 46 years in Hong Kong, I just have a quick acknowledgement of the people in Hong Kong, the hard-working people in Hong Kong, the trustworthy people, the honest people. And what I've found in the last few years as I've been uh, had problems with my eyesight is how caring and even loving Hong Kong people are. Okay. That's, that's nice to I, hear, I, yeah? <laughs> I'm, going to move, I'm going to move on to the, 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 serious, the other more serious part of the problem. Um, look, Every neurologist, every psychiatrist, every psychologist know that the development of the human brain is very slow. And in fact, the development of the frontal cortex doesn't complete until, um, well, early, early, uh, uh, um, early after, after teenage years, probably the year of 23 or so. And yet, we allow teenagers who have, whose frontal cortex is not well developed, who cannot make rational decisions in many cases, who cannot understand consequences, we seem to be quite content to let them take part in, in protests. And I think these should be stopped and our now medical people should, should, they must understand this. We know that uh, Hertz rentals in, in America does not allow anybody under the age of 23 to drive a car. And that, that's based on their scientific evidence that the brain is not developed. Ian, so why are we letting young people take part in these protests? Ian, what do you think about the topic of today, China's decision to um, um, enact national security laws um, through the Standing Committee? You know, yeah, um, 
it was inevitable. It was inevitable. Um, I was a bit surprised at coming in right now, but it's inevitable. I have friends here in Hong Kong over the years. I had a lady just this last week was crying to me. She needs to bring her um, student back from her young son back from Australia because she can't afford to keep him there. And the moment thing is the, the riots. It's, she says it's the we won't call them riots. The protests that are causing the downturn in the um, retail market and so we can fight the, the corona d disease but the protests the, there's, there's no end game that's what I really un don't understand we have you know our two sides our monster in, in charge of Hong Kong and our pan dams who just really want to cause trouble and just just slow things down and we have nobody who really cares about Hong Kong and just wants to step back and say what can we do what is an end game? Okay. Thank Ian, uh, well, well, safe journey. Uh, we'll miss you in Hong Kong. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, keep listening to Back Chat wherever you are. Yeah, of world. course, you can listen around the well, world I, and you, you can you, contribute yeah, as well, of I've course. Got to, I've got to try to do that. And uh, as I say, uh, my eyesight has deteriorated a lot the last uh, 10 years. Radio is a good uh, friend then. So I've been, um, I, I need to call in rather than. Uh, than fax or email. Okay. Okay, take care. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed for your call. 233 is our number. Uh, Bowen, in an email, says, Hugh is quite right in saying that once national security legislation has been promulgated, the MPCSC can interpret the words in Article 23, including what is meant by sedition, subversion, and so on. There is a whole host of words in Article 23 which can be interpreted, which will, in effect, render the Hong Kong court's ability to interpret the words in the security legislation themselves meaningless. That trick has already happened before Four in the oath-taking saga in which the MPCSC interpreted Article 104 in such a way as to, in fact, interpret the meaning of what is meant by declines to take an oath in Section 21 of the Oaths and Declarations Ordinance. Because of this, what Alan Long said about Hong Kong having missed a chance to pass Article 23 legislation back in 2003 is just wishful thinking. The fact is that for the central authorities, it does not really matter what is passed as long as something has been passed. They can always interpret Article 23 to, in effect, interpret what has been passed. That comes uh, from Bowen. OK, our guests in the second half of the show, we, Alan Lung, Governor of Path for Democracy, is still with us, and we're now joined by Dixon Singh. Dixon Singh, Associate Professor at the Division of Social Science at Hong Kong University of Science and uh, Technology. Uh, Dixon Singh, uh, thank you for joining us. Hi, thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, politics in Hong Kong is, is going to be changed forever by this, isn't it? I mean, we're, we're looking at a, a, new, um, a new paradigm, and then presumably for people like you, we can't yet even begin to think through all implications. Uh, not exactly. Um, I think I, I, I would like to make several observations. One, um, uh, it is simply uh, unstoppable for Hong Kong to stop the legislation of Article 23, which is now ongoing in, uh, in the National People's Congress. And no matter whether they call it the legislation of Article 23 is not the core point. What matters is whether the content of the law will, in effect, uh, dampen the, the civil liberties, uh, undermine further the rule of law, uh, and so on. That, that will be the key, key matter. And then according to uh, the spokesperson um, uh, from the NPC, uh, the, the chair, I think the NPC made, made yesterday, and also according to the editorial from the, uh, the People's Daily today, uh, the messages are very grim. Um, number one, 
the uh, the uh, the one who spoke last night said that uh, uh, if Hong Kong people uh, try to lobby with the foreign government on behalf of Hong Kong, that would be regarded as uh, as broken the law. Okay, once it once the law goes into effect, so people like Joseph Wong uh, or even uh, Anson Chen, you know, Anson Chen was named in the in the article. Printed on the Chinese daily, People's Daily today, okay, and then uh, and also the uh, the boss of Apple Daily, uh, Jimmy Lai, uh, he was again he was also accused of having contacted the U.S. government, trying to lobby U.S. government and take some actions uh, against China. So um, so the freedom of speech, the freedom to contact the the foreigners, particularly the government, uh, the the freedom to try to influence Hong Kong's uh, dynamics and development will come to a, a big test, uh, and then uh, and also the freedom of, of press. So, and, and looking at the, the track record of China in terms of the rule of law, uh, you know, in China there's no rule of law, there's rule by law. Uh, and then the civil liberties defined in the broad sense have been eroded over time since President Xi, the well-recognized hardliner, came to power in 2012. So, I think the message has been written on the war is going to happen, and, and there, there are two unknowns, okay? The first unknown is how the U.S. will respond in the short run and in the long run. Uh, President Trump, according to his, the foreign press, said that uh, a very green consequence will follow if the legislation would, would take place, but then he, he does not elaborate. So I think the U.S. government is still waiting, just like many Hong Kongers, on the actual content. And number two, how will Hong Kong people react? You know, last night, a big, according to a big data analysis, there's a, a nearly perfect correlation between the news report about uh, the, the legislation and emigration. Many people, the fear has been triggered, and many people think of leaving Hong Kong. That's number one. And number two, 20%, there's a correlation about 20% between those who see that message and those who, 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 you know, who say the slang, the vulgar language. So there's a lot of anger. Uh, and anger, fear will trigger some kind, some form of resistance. Of course, people know that if you just take the streets, it, 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 will, it wouldn't be enough to stop the legislation. So um, uh, I think Hong Kong will emerge a long-term uh, struggle, a crusade for democracy. You know, just like Taiwan and South Korea, the greater repression leads to greater resistance. What needs to be clarified in the, in the medium and in the long term will be the exact form, the nature, the, the effectiveness of that kind of resistance, given the fact that the, the opponent faced by Hong Kong people is very different from those faced by Taiwanese and South Koreans in the last few decades. Okay. Uh, Alan Long, uh, what about that point? I mean, because we had an email from uh, uh, Martin, uh, a listener, saying this would bring peace, this would calm things down in Hong Kong. Uh, we hear Dixon Singh there saying the opposite, really. This is going to stir things up. What do you think? I, 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 I tend to agree with Dixon uh, that it, it really doesn't matter it's the content, how it's executed. There has been uh, a saying that uh, Hong Kong, when they talk about one country, two system, Beijing and Hong Kong, Hong Kong people, are, are, they are, the two are like a chicken talking to a duck. One talk about uh, one country, uh, sovereignty. The other about high degree of, of, of self-rule. They're not really talking to one another. And I think 
the ten Democrats need to engage more and understand how they think before they prescribe solution to Hong Kong. What do you mean engage? I mean, they've totally bypassed, China has totally bypassed the local political system by deciding that it's just, just, just going to be done in Beijing. I mean, the, uh, you can imagine people saying the time for engagement, if there was one, is, is, is over now. Look, every pandemic has somebody following, following him or her. There are channels, even for the pandemic to talk. And they, they won't, they, those communication won't surface until there is communication true communication. The position they're taking... But haven't the people on the Chinese side who talked about um, communication with, with the Democrats, they, they've, or they've been, or not exactly purged, they've been pushed aside and replaced by um, new hardliners who've been sent in, who had no I previous know. experience of running I, Hong I Kong don't, Affairs. Don't, don't you think I know? I was former Hong Kong Democrats Credit Foundation. Mm. I know. I know the situation. So in that but, case, there's really no hope for dialogue, and the time for dialogue has passed. Dialogue. If they take a more sensible, there will be dialogue. If they take a more sensible position, for the sake of Hong Kong, really, it's, it's not an argument between uh, uh, you and me. It's a strategy for Hong Kong survival, and of course, people can leave and so on. But I'm a forever optimist. I, I'm stuck with Hong Kong because of, of I'm, I'm stuck with the medical system. And I'm too old to emigrate, so I have to stick with it and try to make the best best of it. Other people don't, younger people, particularly the younger people, if Hong Kong make the wrong move, those who have the ability to leave will leave. They're very international. It's not just passport, it's the skills are demanded everywhere, doctors, blah, 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 and, and those people will leave. If Hong Kong, take, uh, if China take the wrong wrong path or wrong strategy, and you, have, you cannot assume that China wish Hong Kong, you know, wish for the end of Hong Kong, they will lose face. If under Chinese rule, they're far worse than under British rule. You, you cannot assume that they're stupid. I mean, many years ago, just before 1997 and in, immediate afterwards, China knows nothing about Hong Kong. They, it's just like the blank sheets. They think uh, because Hong Kong is the best civil service in the world, just change the governor into a chief executive and add one political advisor. Uh, and then Hong Kong will run itself. It proved to be otherwise. I mean, Hong Kong has to. Hong Kong, Hong Kong people in general has to come up with their own story, and that story is a difficult story because the, that story has first to appeal to Hong Kong people, and then to the international community, and then you have to convince Beijing that this is the story you want, and this is a communication that we should start instead of simply painting ourselves into corners that we cannot get out of. Okay, some more thoughts from listeners. Uh, Drake, again, this is in reference to uh, the, the caller in the first part of this section. Uh, Drake says the caller can leave for good. He thought the two million people who took part in the peaceful march were all teenagers. I'm sorry they came from all walks of life, young and old. He's totally detached. Uh, 
Allen says, uh, Backchat now have heard several callers and presenters asking if this is the fault of the Democrats, with the evergreen refrain that they must condemn the violence. The Dems acted within the rules for 22 years. They won majorities in every election, but were not allowed to exercise power. Beijing's proxies and appointees have the power to just ignore or demonise any opposition. They keep tightening the screws every year. The protests came from the people of Hong Kong. They were not a tactic of the Dems. They could not stop it, as they cannot say there is any hope of peaceful negotiation with Beijing. Beijing will accept nothing less than a full kowtow. They refuse to negotiate. Uh, Andy says on Facebook, you said you'll be discussing Carrie Lam and her attitude in recent issues. Lam has regained her arrogance. She's incapable of compromise and seeing other people's point of view. I prefer the Lam from last July and August when she suffered a nervous breakdown. Uh, Guy says, so we have a Hobson's choice. One, a fast track... Uh, Hong Kong to dust off the original draft Article 23, debate it and legislate for it. At least it will be Hong Kong legislation. Uh, 1B, Fast Track 2, MPCSC to add its own law in Annex 3, taking the form of the original draft Article 23, a compromise. Or 2, Slow Track, MPCSC to draft own national security law, probably based on their own law for Hong Kong, and later to add it to Annex 3, PRC legislation with input, presumably only by CCP consultative members. That comes uh, from Guy. And uh, Mark T says, The pandems have, by their actions of confrontation with no compromise and lack of condemnation of violence, brought to their own front door the thing that they feared the most, what one-eyed fools they now seem to be. The pandems have never had... Never have never having presented a comprehensive vision for Hong Kong, democracy, but democracy of what? And for those who comment on the actions of the police being political, the police act under and are bound by the law. If you do not like the law, then lobby and work for the law to be amended, as allowed under the basic law. That comes from Mark T. Dixon Singh, uh, <clears throat> uh, earlier on you said we should be prepared for long-term protests in Hong Kong. Um, does that mean that the sort of violence we saw last year and perhaps even worse will now become the new normal? I'm not saying that we should do it. That's uh, no, no, no. We, we're talking about analysing it rather than saying uh, what, what should happen. Protests will, will like, very likely, uh, you know, uh, re-intensify. And they, they may also go underground and get more organised. And some, and some of the protesters may also get more violent, you know, in order to counter the, right, the, perceived, the widely perceived rising repression on, on Hong Kong. And then uh, I, I think it's very likely the United States will take effective economic sanctions against China and Hong Kong will also suffer as a result. Um, and there are already many initial signs that the United States is, trying, is now treating Hong Kong as, you know, having been incorporated nearly entirely into China. And then it does not allow Hong Kong to have access to some data. It, does, it did not allow Google to, you know, to lay a cable connecting to Hong Kong directly. So... The United States is very worried that China is using Hong Kong to steal a lot of strategic information. So the trust has been severely eroded. And so legislation of this kind will further erode it. And that will really bring a, a real threat, a real rising threat significantly to the decline of Hong Kong as the international financial center. I think that is happening. So that will both... That will be very grim, you know, both a grim message for Hong Kong's economy and people's jobs will suffer. So the, the, the rising discontent, both political and economic, will, will, you know, will, will uh, you know, we accelerate. And, and, and not only the working class, but the middle class will also suffer. So um, I think mean, Hong Kong will go into a new period of uh, 
you know, a both simmering and obvious attention and discontent with with not only the SL government but directly with the central government. So, uh, but and in a way, the death knell of one country systems, it's you know, it's it's made by this kind of legislation. Uh, but you have support for pro-establishment parties at around 40% uh, in, in elections. The DAB apparently will support this, and you have various other organisations who have been lobbying for this for this introduction. You, you have a, a, a petition which purports to have 2 million signatures uh, supporting Article 23. You know, uh, the, if it's 40% of the population um, support this, that's that's pretty good. Maybe it isn't just, maybe it's just the pandemics. Who are getting so upset? But the figure, the figure of two million has never been uh, publicly verified. Okay? They, they never, uh, you know, review a reliable methodology, nor do they review, review the data. Okay, I mean, let's say, let's say it's, a, it's a substantial minority. I mean, it, number one and number two, hmm. the voting rate forty percent does not suggest that all the voters who supported the DAB would support unconditionally. Anything done by China or by the Hong Kong SL government, you know, if you look at Reuters, uh, uh, th- th- which is one of the latest surveys done by Reuters in March, th- just uh, about two months ago, we still have two thirds of Hong Kong people uh, more or less uh, supporting the five demands. And they said the government, Beijing and Hong Kong SL government have been wrong in handling the, uh, the uh, you know, the extradition. So uh, it's very dangerous to infer from the data you mentioned. Dixon Singh, do you think the Legislative Council elections in September will be allowed to go ahead? I mean, it's pretty uh, predictable. The current environment, from what you said, it's pretty predictable what the results would be if they did go ahead. I think they may. I think it's, uh, it doesn't cost that much for Beijing to allow it to go ahead. But then, if there generates an unexpected outcome that the pandemics get uh, close to or more than half of the seats, then I wouldn't be surprised at all to, to see Beijing to disqualify quite a number of them again to make sure that Beijing would have ultimate control for the legislature. So that's the rule of the game. So they want to make sure that the outcome will be predictable. That is, uh, the control is still firmly in the hands of, of Beijing or its public government. That is, that is the, you know, that is the key. Surely the chances of the Democrats getting more than oh, half the seats or close to half the seats have just gone up uh, overnight uh, substantially. I mean, China's thrown the pro-establishment camp to the wolves, basically. That has gone up. So therefore, I said that uh, they can easily, you know, if needed, reinterpret the basic law again, uh, tighten, further, uh, tighten further the so-called uh, uh, the acceptable behavior, for a legislator so that they can disqualify an uh, adequate number of legislators to ensure their ultimate control. So I think that they will try to uh, strike a balance, you know, uh, between maintaining the facade of, legitimacy, of electoral legitimacy for the legislature and the need to control Hong Kong through, you know, controlling legislature. Alan Leung, how about the moderates in the pro-establishment camp, your friend Ronnie Tong? Is, do you think he's going to come out and support this? Oh, he's executive council. What, what choice has he got? He can resign. <laughs> he can resign. <laughs> yeah. he, he, he led the opposition to Article 23. Well, he did. Uh, he, he's, he's now uh, establishing... Uh, he's, he's now left the civic uh, party and establishing something something different. He's part of a legit, uh, executive council. So you think people like that, will they won't resign? They, they, they will stay no, and they will support think, this? I don't think he will. 
Okay, so the pro-establishment camp will rally round and, and, and back this decision? We, we, I think for, for average, you know, normal, even slightly apolitical Hong Kong person should look at the merits of what is being proposed. If, as I said at the, at the beginning, it's just about protection, protecting national security. That is done everywhere. We lost the opportunity to uh, to legislate 17, 17 years ago. It doesn't like it's going to go through legislation anytime soon. Maybe in a hundred year it will go. Through. After a hundred year it will go through. But Beijing cannot accept that because of this sovereignty issue. So uh, this is what we get. But if the legislation is about uh, suppressing human rights, blah blah blah, suppressing freedom of speech, suppressing freedom of information, that's not just the end of, of the civil society and Hong Kong as we know as a society. It's Hong, end of Hong Kong as an Asian financial center, one of the Asian financial centers in the world. Meanwhile, Beijing, I mean China, enterprises want to raise capital through Hong Kong, particularly because many of them are being forced out of the NASDAQ and Dow Jones and so on. So. If you predict, you want to predict things. Look at the re- economic reality. Will China risk those things? Where are you going to raise the money from One Belt One Road? From China's national budget, they cannot afford it. The only way to to start the you know Xi Jinping's uh, sort of legacy is to raise capital through the financial market, and this is Hong Kong, and they won't risk that. And in in in, in parallel with an Asian financial center, is the rule of law. If there's no rule of law, there's no Asian financial center because you know the administration or the or the government can do anything to enterprise. That is not acceptable for 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 you know for the normal capitalist economy. And those are the two things. Those are the two really distinct things that have kept Beijing from sending PLA into Hong Kong during the process. I mean, we should grab on what we get and make the best of it and then turn it into, you know, the Hong Kong story, the new Hong Kong story. Christine Lo didn't tell us. And this is uh, what we are actually trying to do. Look, we're, 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 we're looking into 2047. And while most people said, I, 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 I do not like what's happening in Hong Kong, I will leave and blah, blah, blah. If you ask them, do you want uh, 20, uh, do you want one country, two system to continue after 2047? The majority, something like 80 percent, said yes. So, under what circumstances do we Hong, want Hong Kong to continue? Not the way, the really pessimistic way, as the pandemics and even as Singling, Professor Singling said it. We have to sort of come out and say, oh, this is what we want. And uh, try to convince Beijing to 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 do it our way. Uh, okay, a couple of uh, uh, emails finally, uh, Mr. Long, responding to to you. Uh, Drake says, "Well, Alan blamed there's no dialogue. Did he communicate with Beijing and appeal to them and said, stop? That's too much of Hong Kong. There's no need for these controls. Hong Kongers won't mess with you, I assure you. If he had tried hard, our lives would have remained peaceful too. That's from Drake. And Bowen says, what Alan Long said about different takes of one country, two systems by the pandemocrats and the central authorities is pretty naive. You have to think about what the term would mean to an objective person. Almost every country has only one.
one system. So if one enacts a one-country, two-systems regime, the stress, the emphasis, is, of course, on the fact that there are two systems. It's a bit like a junior form of federalism. One country would take care of specific issues like foreign policy and defence, while the SAR would largely take care of its own domestic business and local issues. Ultimately, it's a question of good faith, which is the core legal concept behind international treaties like the Joint Declaration. Does China have good faith in implementing the Joint Declaration and the Basic Law? That is uh, from Bowen. Thank you very much indeed for uh, uh, one more email here. This is from uh, Peter M, uh, who says Hong Kong already has laws to deal with the violent demonstrations, which is how so many people have already come to be arrested. There are also common law offences to deal with sedition, etc. The fallacy pushed the the pro-Beijing supporters is that this proposed action by Beijing will make any difference except to tear up the basic law, foment more hatred and division and undermine Hong Kong's international reputation. That's uh, from Peter M. Last word goes to Mike who says, for years the world has tried to persuade the CCP to change letting them join the WTO and other world organisations under the pretense of softening towards its people and its iron fist ruling. 20 years, they haven't changed one bit. I hate to tell you, I told you so. I have internet, so I say in contact, but as soon as I straighten out my affairs, it's adios amigos. That comes uh, from Mike, and it's adios amigos from us as well. Uh, Alan, and thank you very much indeed for joining us this morning, uh, Governor of the Path of Democracy. Thank you very much indeed to Dixon Singh, Associate Professor in the Division of Social Science at the University of Science and Technology. And uh, Danny, many thanks to you. Uh, the weather before we go, cloudy with showers and squally thunderstorms. The showers heavy at times. Temperatures lingering around 28 degrees during the day, and there's a thunderstorm warning in place at the moment. Yeah, Look, uh, heavy showers at first tomorrow and then the showers will ease off later. Sunny intervals forecast and a few showers on Sunday and Monday. 29 degrees now, humidity 87%. To prevent pneumonia and respiratory tract infection, always keep hands clean and wash hands for at least 20 seconds. Put the lid down before flushing. Add water to U-traps regularly. Cover your mouth and nose with a tissue when sneezing or coughing. Wear a mask and seek medical advice promptly if unwell. Fully cover your nose, mouth and chin with a mask. Visit chp.gov.hk to learn more. 935, the news now with Samantha Butler. A legal scholar says Beijing's plan to introduce national security laws into Hong Kong will almost certainly erode people's rights and freedoms. Eric Cheung, a principal lecturer at the University of Hong Kong's law faculty, told an RTHK programme that there were already laws in place to tackle offences often 